Greetings. Welcome to Take Two's third quarter fiscal year 2024 earnings call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. A question and answer session will follow the formal presentation. If anyone should require operator assistance during the conference, please press star zero on your telephone keypad. Please note this conference is being recorded. I will now turn the conference call over to Nicole Shevin, Senior Vice President of Investor Relations and Corporate Communications. Thank you. You may begin. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining our conference call to discuss our results for the third quarter of fiscal year 2024 and December 31, 2023. Today's call will be led by Strauss Zelnick, Take Two's Chairman and Chief Executive Officer, Carl Slatoff, our President, and Lainey Goldstein, our Chief Financial Officer. We will be available to answer your questions during the Q&A session following our prepared remarks. Before we begin, I'd like to remind everyone that statements made during this call that are not historical facts are considered forward-looking statements under federal securities laws. These forward-looking statements are based on the beliefs of our management, as well as assumptions made by and information currently available to us. We have no obligation to update these forward-looking statements. Actual operating results may vary significantly from these forward-looking statements based on a variety of factors. These important factors are described in our filings with the SEC, including the company's most recent annual report on Form 10-K and quarterly report on Form 10-Q, including the risks summarized in the section entitled Risk Factors. I'd also like to note that, unless otherwise stated, all numbers we will be discussing today are GAAP and all comparisons are year-over-year. Additional details regarding our actual results and outlook are contained in our press release, including the items that our management uses internally to to adjust our GAAP financial results in order to evaluate our operating performance. Our press release also contains a reconciliation of any non-GAAP financial measure to the most comparable GAAP measure. In addition, we have posted to our website a slide deck that visually presents our results and financial outlook. Our press release and filings with the SEC may be obtained from our website at take2games.com. And now I'll turn the call over to Strauss. Thanks, Nicole. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us today. I'm pleased to report that we achieved solid results, including net bookings of $1.3 billion. Our performance reflects our unwavering commitment to quality, the ongoing contributions from our outstanding portfolio, which is one of the strongest and most diverse in the entertainment industry, and our immensely talented creative teams. During the period, Grand Theft Auto V, Grand Theft Auto Online, the Red Dead Redemption series, and Zynga's in-app purchases led by Toon Blast exceeded our plans driven by engaging new content, partnerships, and activations. This was partially offset by some softness in mobile advertising and sales for NBA 2K24. 2K is implementing measures to enhance performance for the title, such as offering new events and promotions, and delivering an exciting and engaging content lineup. We expect lifetime net bookings for the title to be in line with NBA 2K23. Due to these factors, a planned release moving out of the fourth quarter and increased marketing for Zynga's new hit mobile title, Match Factory, were lowering our full-year outlook. While the timing of Match Factory's user acquisition expense will reduce our profitability in the current fiscal year, we believe that this investment will allow us to grow our audience meaningfully and increase the lifetime value of the Match Factory franchise. We've always managed to take two for the long term, and we have great confidence in our groundbreaking pipeline for fiscal 2025 and beyond, which we believe will enable us to grow our net bookings, increase our scale, and enhance our profitability. 
At the same time, our teams are always looking for ways in which we can operate at the highest level of efficiency, which is one of our core tenets. We're currently working on a significant cost reduction program across our entire business to maximize our margins while still investing for growth. These measures are incremental too and even more robust than our prior cost reduction program, and we aim to achieve greater operating leverage as we roll out our eagerly anticipated release schedule. Turning to the performance of our titles during the quarter, momentum for Grand Theft Auto remains phenomenal. Sales of Grand Theft Auto V exceeded our expectations during the holiday season, and to date, the title is sold in more than 195 million units worldwide. During the quarter, Rockstar Games released its holiday update for Grand Theft Auto Online, The Chop Shop, which captured the highest number of active users in several years, including the largest ever increase in new Grand Theft Auto Online accounts, driven by the variety and depth of new vehicles and robberies, positive community sentiment, and the game's inclusion in various subscription services. The Grand Theft Auto series is also benefiting meaningfully from excitement surrounding Rockstar's announcement of Grand Theft Auto VI and the release of its first trailer, which at 93 million views in 24 hours broke YouTube's records for a non-music video launch and along with partner channels became the biggest video debut ever. Rockstar's recent partnership with Netflix to launch the GTA Trilogy is also a resounding success, quickly yielding the highest rate of installs and engagement on the subscription services game platform. In addition, Rockstar's membership program, GTA Plus, continues to grow rapidly, powered by enhanced benefits for members, including a rotating assortment of classic Rockstar titles. Red Dead Redemption 2 also surpassed our plans as our exciting holiday promotions and events resonated deeply with players. To date, the title has sold in more than 61 million units worldwide. During the quarter, Rockstar Games supported Red Dead Online with free updates, including the new All Hallows Call to Arms locations, a trio of new Dead of Night maps, and a hardcore telegram mission alongside the return of the Halloween Pass 2. NBA 2K24 remains the number one basketball simulation experience in our industry and to date has sold in over 7 million units. Unit sales for the Gen 9 version of the game are growing at a double-digit percentage increase over last year due to an enhanced gameplay experience and wider console availability. As players migrate to Gen 9 platforms, we are seeing significant decline in demand for our Gen 8 offering. Players have been highly engaged with many of NBA 2K24's new features, including a season pass that helped average revenue per user grow 30% year over year. On October 6th, 2K and Gearbox Software launched the Borderlands 3 Ultimate Edition for Nintendo Switch. We're pleased to expand further our beloved franchise by enabling players to make some mayhem at home or on the go with this thrilling high-stakes adventure. Now turning to Zynga. We're very pleased with the team's ability to create successful new mobile games, including Peak's Match Factory, which launched on iOS in November and Android in late December. The title is a top 30 grossing game on the Apple App Store and key target markets such as the UK and the US, and has shown stellar retention and monetization metrics on par with previous category-leading peak titles such as Toon Blast. Based on these excellent metrics, we see strong long-term potential for the title and we're planning to invest in new features and a robust marketing campaign to capitalize on its popularity with consumers and to scale it further. 
Zynga's other recent release, Top Troops, increased its engagement by more than 10% over last quarter, propelled by the launch of new features and semi-monthly battles. Looking ahead, the team is focusing on new brand collaborations, player competitions, and social and community engagements. Overall, Zynga's in-app purchases exceeded our expectations with significant sequential improvement compared to last quarter. This was led by Toon Blast, which materially outperformed, delivering its highest ever average revenue per daily average user and over 50% growth in its daily in-app purchase revenue compared to last quarter. While we're encouraged by the trajectory of Zynga's in-app purchases, its ad revenues were below our expectations due to some changes that we're implementing in the hyper-casual business, including a heightened focus on our profitability and the launch of new features that deliver blended monetization. Our direct-to-consumer business continues to grow and enjoyed a record holiday season. Our teams are working actively to add more titles each quarter to this highly accretive owned distribution channel. Looking ahead, Zynga has numerous titles in development and soft launch that we're eager to release worldwide in fiscal 2025 and beyond. It bears noting that launching hit mobile titles is both highly complex and challenging, and we're gratified by Zynga's unique ability to release new properties to capture mindshare and market share. In closing, although we're lowering our outlook for the year, we believe that our company's potential is vast and unique, driven by our creative talent, our owned and controlled intellectual property, and our groundbreaking new pipeline for fiscal 2025 and beyond. As we execute on our strategic priorities, we believe that we'll deliver an array of unparalleled entertainment experiences that can captivate, engage, and redefine our industry for audiences around the globe. I'll now turn the call over to Carl. Thanks, Russ. I'd like to thank our teams for delivering another solid quarter and adding to the continued positive momentum of our business. I'll now turn to our upcoming launches for the balance of fiscal 2024 and beyond. This quarter, Private Division and Evening Star will launch Penny's Big Breakaway, a 3D platforming game. Private Division will share more news about this exciting release shortly. On March 8th, 2K and Visual Concepts will launch WWE 2K24. The title will feature several franchise advancements, including the 2K Showcase of the Immortals, celebrating 40 years of WrestleMania, four new match types, two new My Rise experiences, and much more. We're thrilled to build upon our long-standing partnership with WWE and to continue to set new creative benchmarks for this franchise. At the Game Awards in December, Private Division announced No Rest for the Wicked, an action role-playing game from Moon Studios, creators of the critically acclaimed Ori and Blind Forest and Ori and the Will of the Wisps. The title will launch early access on PC in the first quarter of fiscal 2025 with a full release on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X and S, and PC thereafter. We will reveal more information about the game on March 1st during the label's Wicked Inside digital showcase. After 13 years, we're pleased that 2K will return to tennis and broaden its sports offerings with the upcoming release of Top Spin 2K25. Developed by Hangar 13, the title is poised to provide an incredibly realistic and engaging tennis simulation featuring the world's top players and courts. 2K will share more details in the coming weeks, including an expected launch date. Zynga continues to deliver on their outstanding pipeline with their much-anticipated titles, Star Wars, Hunters, and Game of Thrones Legends, each slated for global release in calendar 2024. 
We are encouraged by both games' performances and soft launch and are confident that they will resonate with broad audiences when they debut worldwide. At the same time, Zynga's hyper-casual studios plan to release a steady cadence of mobile titles for games that have the potential for enhanced retention rates and a mix of in-app purchases and advertising to drive higher monetization and profitability. And as always, our labels will continue to provide new content and experiences that drive engagement and recurring consumer spending across many of our key offerings. Looking ahead, we remain highly optimistic about what we believe to be the strongest and most exciting development pipeline in our company's history. I'll now turn the call over to Lainey. Thanks, Carl, and good afternoon, everyone. We delivered solid holiday results, including net bookings of $1.34 billion, which was within our guidance range. I'd like to thank our talented teams for their commitment to creativity, innovation, quality, and value, which allows us to provide outstanding entertainment experiences for our players across the world. Grand Theft Auto V, Grand Theft Auto Online, the Red Dead Redemption series, and Zynga's in-app purchases led by Toon Blast exceeded our expectations. This was partially offset by softness in mobile advertising and NBA 2K. Recurring consumer spending declined 7% for the period and accounted for 75% of net bookings. This was slightly less than our outlook, driven by weakness in mobile advertising and NBA 2K, which was largely due to the effects of, of lower unit sales on its in-game monetization. Recurrent consumer spending for Grand Theft Auto Online, Virtual Currency, and GTA Plus membership was up notably. During the quarter, we launched several mobile titles, including Top Troops, Match Factory, and NBA 2K24 Arcade Edition for Apple Arcade, as well as Borderlands 3 Ultimate Edition for Switch. Gap net revenue decreased 3% to $1.37 billion, and cost of revenue declined 1% to $688 million, which included an impairment charge of $53 million and $177 million of amortization of acquired intangibles. Operating expenses decreased by 10% to $808 million. On a management basis, operating expenses rose 4% year-over-year and was favorable to our guidance due to lower marketing and personnel expenses. Turning to our guidance, I'll begin with our full fiscal year expectations. As Strauss mentioned, we are lowering our outlook to reflect the softness we are currently experiencing in mobile advertising and MBA 2K24, a planned release moving out of the fourth quarter, and increased marketing for Zynga's new hit mobile title, Match Factory, which we believe will enable us to scale it more meaningfully to reach its full long-term potential. Our advised net bookings forecast is $5.25 to $5.3 billion. We expect the net bookings breakdown from our labels to be roughly 51% Zynga, 30% 2K, and 19% Rockstar Games. And we forecast a geographic net booking split to be about 60% United States, and 40% international. We are projecting recurrent consumer spending of 1% compared to fiscal 2023, which includes a full year of Zynga, partially offset by a slight decline in NBA 2K. Grand Theft Auto Online is expected to deliver modest growth for virtual currency and GTA Plus membership. RCS is expected to represent 79% of net bookings. We plan to generate approximately $100 million in non-GAAP adjusted unrestricted operating cash flow and to deploy approximately $150 million for capital expenditures, primarily to support our office build-outs and larger footprint. We now forecast GAAP net revenue to range from $5.27 to $5.32 billion. Our total operating expenses are now planned to range from $3.55 to $3.56 billion as compared to $3.45 billion last year. 
On a management basis, we continue to expect operating expense growth of approximately 14% year-over-year due to a full year of Zynga, an increase in personnel marketing expenses, and higher depreciation, which are being partially offset by the realization of synergies from our combination with Zynga and savings from our prior cost reduction program announced last year. Now moving on to our guidance for the fiscal fourth quarter. We project net bookings to range from $1.27 to $1.32 billion, compared to $1.4 billion in the fourth quarter last year. Our release slate for the quarter includes WWE 2K24, as well as Penny's Big Breakaway from Private Division. The largest contributors to net bookings are expected to be NBA 2K, Grand Theft Auto Online and Grand Theft Auto 5, Team Blast, our hyper-casual mobile portfolio, Empires and Puzzles, WWE 2K24, Red Dead Redemption 2 and Red Dead Online, Boards with Friends, and Match Factory. We project our current consumer spending to decrease by approximately 5% which assumes flat results for Zynga and a decline for NBA 2K. For Grand Theft Auto Online, Virtual Currency, and GTA Plus membership are expected to be up. We project gap net revenue to range from $1.32 to $1.37 billion. Operating expenses are planned to range from $896 to $906 million. On a management basis, operating expenses are expected to grow by approximately 17% year-over-year driven by the additional marketing expense for Match Factory that I mentioned previously, higher personnel costs, and an increase in depreciation, which are being partially offset by the realization of synergies from our combination with Zynga and savings from our prior cost reduction program that we announced last year. Looking ahead, our teams remain committed to efficiency, and we've begun a rigorous analysis to identify additional areas for cost optimization. The expected savings are incremental to our previously announced cost reduction program, and we expect that it will be more expansive. We believe that these measures will enhance our margin profile and position our business for greater operating leverage in the future. In closing, while we are disappointed to have lowered our outlook for the year, we are exceedingly confident in our growth prospects. With our industry-leading portfolio and passionate teams, we believe that we are poised to deliver the best content in our industry reach new record levels of operating performance, and deliver long-term value for our shareholders. Thank you for your continued support. I'll now turn the call back to Strauss. Thanks, Lainey and Carl. On behalf of our entire management team, I'd like to thank our colleagues for enabling us to achieve our goals and deliver another solid quarter. And to our shareholders, I want to express our appreciation for your continued support. We'll now take your questions. Operator? Thank you. If you would like to ask a question, please press star 1 on your telephone keypad. A confirmation tone will indicate your line is in the question queue. You may press star 2 if you would like to remove your question from the queue. And for participants using speaker equipment, it may be necessary to pick up your handset before pressing the star keys. Our first question is from Eric Handler with Roth MKM. Please proceed. Yes, thank you, uh, and good afternoon. Um, wonder if you could maybe give a little meat to the bone, so to speak, with your cost-cutting program. How much cost or net savings have you generated so far? What do you think this next plan could do, and over what time? Lainey will take that. Sure. So for the synergies with Zynga, we um, realized over $100 million in savings, and the original cost-cutting program that we announced previously was over $50 million. So we do expect this um, plan to enhance our margins, both by reducing costs from our existing cost base and avoiding future costs. 
and they'll be incremental to these other cost-cutting um, programs that we had and even more robust than the prior cost reduction program. And next quarter, we'll be in a position to give a little more details on the plan. Helpful. And then with regards to the advertising weakness that you're seeing, is that all related to what's going on with the hyper-casual um, business, or does it extend also to, you know, in-game advertising for, you know, casual games? Uh, uh, this is Travis. That's basically the hyper-casual business, and we're really optimizing the business for profitability. So there's always a balance. We're also seeing that we can actually have in-app payments in our hyper-casual business, so it's really moving to a hybrid model, and we're very excited about that. There's great opportunity in that business. Thank you. Our next question is from David Karnowski with J.P. Morgan. Please proceed. Hi, thank you. I guess first, you know, with some of the momentum and investment for Match Factory in the game delay, is there any update to your fiscal 25 or 26 forecast? Lainey's going to take that. Hey, we're in the, um, currently in the middle of our budgeting process. At this time, the number is tracking a little above um, $7 billion for net bookings for the year, and given the typical shifts and tweaks that occur in our forecasting process. And this amount is still huge growth over this year. And our pipeline is groundbreaking for next year and beyond, and our teams are making excellent progress on game development. And nothing material has changed with regard to the lifetime value of our portfolio. And we'll provide our initial outlook for fiscal year 25 when we report our Q4 and full year fiscal year 24 results in May. Okay, and then just on Match Factory, it looks to be the most substantial new launch for Zynga since the acquisition. You know, I wanted to see if you could speak kind of more broadly to the process of launching new mobile games, whether this reflects any kind of broader improvement in UA or content generation there. Thanks. I think so. I, I mean, I've, I've said repeatedly in the past few years that the hardest thing that anyone in the industry uh, can do is um, create a new mobile hit. It's super hard. And so much so that one of our big competitors just decided they weren't going to try it anymore. Um, it just was off the table. We, we stuck with it, and um, so did some of our competitors. So um, clearly the market's becoming more receptive and more reactive. There's a big title uh, from one of our competitors, Monopoly Go, which is a huge hit. And we're gratified, obviously, here to see so much traction already in Top Troops and Match Factory. And Match Factory is already a top 30 title in the U.S. and um, U.K. Apple App Stores um, with, with lots of continued traction in the rest of the world, um, and it's really just beginning. We are supporting the title uh, in the quarter, and um, that's not money that we could possibly recoup in the quarter. So, you know, I, to put some uh, color around the guidance change, that's really good news, not bad news. You know, that's, that's going to be a very profitable expenditure that will come back to us in the next fiscal year uh, because of the way we structure UA. We structure for relatively quick paybacks compared to the industry because we're we're conservative. So I do think, um, look, I think the team at Zing is doing a phenomenal job delivering great properties. It starts there. Uh, it always starts there. And yet, I, I, yes, I also believe the market's becoming more reactive. Remember, the market was down for the first time in its history in 2022, um, and it was, you know, flat-ish after that, um, and there were no new hits for years from us or anyone else. That's clearly changing. Um, you know, I think it puts, puts further evidence on the table 
that um, being exposed to mobile through the Zynga acquisition was a really, really good thing for this company, and we're highly optimistic going forward. Thank you. Our next question is from Doug Cruitz with TD Cowan. Please proceed. Yeah, I wondered if you could be a little more specific uh, relative to the, the guidance cut to the fiscal year, how much came from the, the title delay on the top line versus you know the other factors you, you cited, and to what extent the delay of the title out of the year might have impacted your operating income, because presumably you will be marketing for it less. Thank you. Rainey? Um, so for the full year, when you look at the changes that we made to the fourth quarter forecast, the biggest drivers were first, first the um, user acquisition spend and marketing for Match Factory, then the um, lower mobile advertising that we were seeing, updating expectations for MBA 2K24, and the shift of an unnamed title out of the year. So those are the top four um, primary reasons for the change. In that order? Yes, that was okay. the order of magnitude. Okay. Our next question is from Andrew Mark with Raymond James. Please proceed. Great. Thanks for taking my question. Um, good commentary on the Netflix tie-up with the uh, with the GTA trilogy. I guess going back to maybe how that came about, what made you guys want to partner with that kind of fledgling uh, mobile gaming platform and, and be one of the first major third-party titles out there? Look, we have to balance uh, all the, the different elements that go into choosing how, where, and when to distribute our titles. And as our titles enter the catalog, we, we can be flexible about how to distribute. Uh, we tend to support all emerging platforms as long as they serve consumers and as long as the terms under which we support the platforms make sense to us. Great. And then maybe a little bit more of an esoteric question, but interested to maybe dig into that hyper-casual commentary. Is there anything that's maybe changed in the last few months or quarters with player behavior in hyper-casual games that they're now willing to, uh, to do in-app purchases? All about quality. I think Rollick has been really focused on making more and more robust titles. Remember, hyper-casual came about um, as, as a business where you'd actually look at hundreds of games a month and put them out into the market and see what would stick, and then a game would stick for three months and then roll off. And what's happening now is Rollick has title. Rollick, we believe, is a leader in the space, has titles that are um, much more durable and long-lasting and turning into games that could be games that will last for years. We, we hope that that will happen. And as those games are more durable and offer more playing value to consumers, uh, there's an opportunity in certain of those games to have in-app purchases. So we're really moving from hyper-casual to hybrid-casual. But it's all about quality and meeting the consumer where they are. And the, the story of the entertainment business is always a move to quality. And remember, we're still in many ways in the nascent business. Interactive entertainment is you know, roughly 30 years old. Mobile is roughly 12 years old. Um, it, these are early stage businesses, and they started off as glorified toy businesses, and then they turned into 
entertainment businesses and now they're year-round entertainment businesses. All of that's great news for a company like ours. We, we, we are the number two pure play interactive entertainment company on earth. Um, and it's still, it's still early innings. And we're seeing a lot of movement in mobile. And, you know, our three-part strategy, you know, includes the word innovation. And innovation means that even if you start as hyper-casual, if consumers want you to go up marketing and give them something that's deeper and more compelling and more long-lasting, you have to be there to do it. And I would say our, our hyper-casual team led by Barack Ferdal in uh, Istanbul is first class. Great. Appreciate the detail. Our next question is from Benjamin Soft with Deutsche Bank. Please proceed. Hey guys, thanks for taking the question. Um, a follow-up on the GTA trilogy uh, for mobile. Does this provide a blueprint for how to bring more of your titles to mobile in the future? And just curious if you see an opportunity for additional partnerships with Netflix for uh, additional mobile titles going forward as well. Thanks. Uh, we, um, I, I'm not sure this is a model for mobile distribution because you know ultimately it all depends on how you define mobile. Um, we think of mobile as as a game that you typically play on your phone, um, and we have a big portfolio of games like that. Uh, and we'd love to do more with Netflix. You know, who wouldn't? As long as the consumers are happy to be there, and as long as the economics of those arrangements make good sense. Our next question is from Drew Crum with Stiefel. Please proceed. Okay, thanks. Hey guys, good afternoon. So on NBA 2K, you know, I think it was enjoying some pretty strong engagement in RCS trends into the early part of fiscal 3Q at least. Um, any thoughts or explanation around what transpired thereafter and, and just any more additional color you can give us in terms of your expectations for fiscal 4Q? Uh, so, yeah, you're Charles right. didn't NBA take that. Has, oh, sorry. Sorry, um, Yeah, NBA, NBA has, uh, the engagement has been incredible um, NBA, for NBA 2K24, and that continues to be the case. We still have very strong momentum around our RCS, um, also driven specifically by our season pass. Um, the Gen 9 SKU is, behave, is performing incredibly well. We've got double-digit growth over 2K23 um, at this point. Um, Gen, the real story here is that Gen 8 is actually underperforming our expectations. And I think as people transition more towards Gen 9 and experience all that NBA the franchise has to offer um, in, in, the, in the Gen 9 SKU, then you're going to see continued growth in that franchise. Um, so we feel really great about where the engagement is. Um, engagement in the title is is fantastic. It really is um, any sort of softness that we're seeing is really a story about um, the Gen 8 product at this point. Good. Thanks. Our next question is from Martin Yang with Oppenheimer and Company. Please proceed. Uh, thank you for taking my question. Uh, I have a two-part question regarding GTA trailers uh, uh, reception. Uh, do you see a meaningful uplift of full game sales due to the trader performance on YouTube, and then given given that strong performance, do you think that could be future marketing events for GTA could be planned in conjunction with um, you know potential updates for other games, GTA Red Dead? Uh, you know, does that change our view on how to market uh, to GTA 6 in the next 12 months? 
Look, we're really gratified that the announcement of the trailer was a huge event online, and then the trailer debut uh, between YouTube and other marketing partners set a, set a record for a video debut. Um, so we, we couldn't be happier or, or, or more excited um, by the uh, initial trailer. And I, I do think that <clears throat> excitement around GTA 6 has had halo effect on the entire franchise. You know, we've now sold in 195 million units of GTA 5, and uh, GTA Online continues to perform um, above our expectations. So I do think all things GTA you know, lead to more excitement. Um, as far as the marketing programs, I think, you know, Rockstar, Rockstar is particularly expert in, in marketing their titles and, um, you know, I, th I think is considering all the appropriate angles. Got it. Thank you. And another question uh, regarding marketing is we've seen uh, Judas and Topspin um, with trailers and the revealers uh, or, or teasers um, uh, without a release date, is your overall philosophy to market new games changed, or is it still largely based on a studio level decision on when they will release um, or announce the release dates for new games? Marketing is really driven by by our labels and our studios. And we don't have a fixed march to a release from particular marketing beats. Thank you. Our next question is from Timothy O'Shea with BMO Capital Markets. Please proceed. Uh, yes, hi. Thank you for taking my question. Back on Grand Theft Auto, um, you know, we've spoken about the Grand Theft Auto trailer. My question is really, is there a way to quantify or maybe compare what you saw in terms of all this anticipation for GTA 6 um, compared with how the, the level of anticipation that you saw for GTA 5 ahead of that game's announcement? And then I had a follow-up. Um, it is possible to do research around that, and our sense is that the anticipation is much higher um, much, much higher. Um, on the other hand, you know, 195 um, million units to date, <clears throat> you know, is, is nothing to sneeze at. So, uh, you know, we, we stop well short of making predictions about how the title will do, but clearly anticipation is running very, very high. Um, yeah, thank you. That's very helpful. And then, and then just quickly, can we talk about how you make the decision about when to launch a game like Grand Theft Auto 6, like who makes the call, what motivates them, assuming this is game quality, game finish, polish, maybe there's a desire to hit a specific launch window, or really anything else that might influence Rockstar's decision about the timing of when to launch this game. Thank you. You know, we're seeking perfection. And when we feel we've optimized creatively, you know, that's the time to release. So, and we're all in this together. In terms of motivations and incentives, <clears throat> the financial incentives of everyone who works at this company are aligned with those of the shareholders. So we essentially have, call it what you will, we have profit-sharing plans throughout the company at the operating level and at the senior level. Uh, compensation is driven largely by TSR. So our goal is to align the interest of everyone who works here with the interest of the shareholders. That keeps us all pointing in the same direction. So, so you're right. There is an, there's an inherent tension potentially between getting something to market and creating perfection, but this company errs on the side of perfection. Got it. 
Thanks, Strauss. Um, yeah, anticipation is pretty high around here, too, so uh, we look forward to seeing the game. Our next question is from Mike Hickey with Benchmark Company. Please proceed. Hey, Strauss, Carl, Laney, uh, Nicole, thanks for taking our questions. Um, Laney, just curious on your updated 25 view. I think this is uh, two quarters. It's come down a bit, maybe now uh, more than the last quarter. And I think I heard you said that the maybe 25 and 26 is sort of the same. So any color you can give us in terms of sort of bridging where you were uh, for 25 uh, versus what you're what you're thinking now, and if in fact you're still thinking 25 and 26 together is, is kind of where your original guidance was. And then on the um, <clears throat> cost cutting, obviously um, we're seeing a lot of that in the industry. Um, I don't know if it's unprecedented trials or not, but um, no doubt it's um, significant. And you've already gone through one round. Just sort of curious um, your motivation here to uh, take a, another sort of big uh, cost reduction, especially given uh, what it look like you know the next two years you're going to have pretty significant growth given your your pipeline coming to fruition. Thanks, guys. Lainey? Um, hi, Mike. Um, so for fiscal year 25, as I mentioned, it's really driven by changes in the release schedule, and obviously that will move some of the titles out into um, years going forward because the lifetime value of our portfolio hasn't changed. So we should we, we do expect to see growth in fiscal year 26 over 25, so that hasn't changed. So it's just it's a regular process of reforecasting and updating the business, and at this time we're working on our budget. So that's where the numbers are falling out. And uh, Mike, in terms of cost reduction, as I said, and as you know, we have a three-part strategy that's, that's supported us well through thick and thin, and that is first and foremost to be the most creative company, also to be the most innovative. and finally, always to be the most efficient company in the entertainment business. And that's a big challenge, and we mean it, and everyone here means it. And, um, I, you know, I think that it's time to take another look at efficiency and make sure that everyone is focused on the things that really matter and only the things that really matter and put ourselves in a position where we have the opportunity for great operating leverage as these uh, titles come to market and as the revenues flow through the system. Thanks, guys. Our next question is from Brian Fitzgerald with Wells Fargo. Please proceed. Uh, thanks, Strauss. I, I just wanted your um, opinion on this recent Disney um, and Epic deal. Uh, obviously, you have your own strong IP, um, but we're just curious how you think that might impact access to licensed IP. You know, maybe for the industry at large, if we continue to see this this type of tie-ups. Thanks. It's a good question. Um, you know, I only know what I read in the release and what you also read. And, um, you know, what, what I read was um, that they're making an investment in a leading company, Epic, you know, which is obviously has a spectacular franchise in Fortnite. And then there was uh, some talk around sort of creating a Fortnite slash Disney ecosystem. And I don't, I don't know exactly what that means. Um, but, you know, I'm not... I'm not betting against my friends at Epic or Disney, and I wish them well. 
Um, so I guess it remains to be seen, but they're two fine companies, and you know I I think anything that's good for consumers and creates excitement in our industry is good for Take Two, because it keeps people engaged with the properties that we bring to market, and we have the best collection of owned intellectual property in the business, bar none, and we're the number two player in the space. So. Um, and we'd like to grow from here. So I, I, I see it as a net positive for the business, and you know we'll see how they do with it. But I'm certainly not betting against them. Thank you. Appreciate it. Our next question is from Omar Jasuki with Bank of America. Please proceed. Hi. Thanks for taking the question. Uh, back in May, on your uh, fourth quarter call, you gave a, a one billion dollar operating cash flow guide and. And since you've updated us on the fiscal 25 um, top line uh, outlook, I was wondering if you could also update us on the uh, fiscal 25 uh, operating cash flow outlook and any puts and takes around that. And then I have a quick follow-up. Great. That, that's Lainey. Um, so, Omar, you know, we haven't updated that number. We're still working on our budget right now. Um, we would expect that number to change along with the release schedule changes, and it will depend on when, you know, the titles are released during the year of when the AUOCF will um, be collected. Okay. Um, so maybe uh, riffing off of uh, Brian's question about, um, you know, kind of Epic and Disney, you know, thinking about Grand Theft Auto uh, online, do you see any do you see any potential for for Grand Theft Auto to be um, a transmedia property, which you know maybe involves um, uh, uh, brands and IP from uh, franchises outside of, of Take Two? Um, yeah, that's a question. Yeah, look, we we really do prefer that our labels talk about what's going to go on in the title creatively. And, um, you know, I could riff endlessly and share my opinions, but, I, you know, I, I prefer to hear from Rockstar, and they'll talk about what's coming in, in due time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Our next question is from Chris Scholl with UBS. Please proceed. Great. Thank you for taking the questions. Just going back to the Zynga deal, at the time you had talked about revenue synergies that would come through in time. Can you just remind us where those initiatives stand today and how your thoughts might have evolved since you closed the deal? And then second question, just any early learnings you can give us on the iOS fee changes in Europe and how this might inform your mobile strategy going forward. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've made great progress across the board, including on the revenue side. I, the biggest area of synergy so far has been our direct-to-consumer initiative, which was a collective initiative to offer the consumer the ability to purchase in-app uh, currency for mobile games uh, uh, directly. And um, that's been exceedingly successful, rolled out very quickly and quite profitable, and there's a lot more upside to come. There are numerous other areas um, on which we're making progress, but we're kind of ticking the box with that one by itself. And in terms of um, game store changes, there's, this will, <laughs> there's a lot of um, moving parts here, and they, you know, some of the decisions, you mentioned Europe, but some of the decisions in the U.S. are contradictory. So there's a lot of dust left to shake out. Um, but on balance, I remain of the view that I stated years ago that distribution costs will come down meaningfully. They already are. Great. Thank you. 
Our next question is from Clay Griffin with Moffitt Nathanson. Please proceed. Great, thanks. Uh, good afternoon. Um, curious if, if you guys have a reaction to um, speculation, I suppose, that, that Microsoft may be looking to take some of the titles that were formerly exclusive to the Xbox platform and making those more widely available. It seems at least part of that rationale, if it's true, may be, may be around just the cost to develop um, big um, big titles. And, and Strauss, love to get your thoughts on particular areas of development that are particularly um, sticky as it relates to costs. Thanks. Well, the big console titles are expensive and time-consuming to create. And if you want to make the very, very best, it takes a long time and it costs a lot of money. I really don't want to speak for Microsoft and their strategy. There's been a lot of noise around that lately. I, I have no doubt that they'll express where they're heading. I would just say that if you take a look at their market cap now compared to a few years ago, you don't want to bet against that management team. Great, thanks. We have reached the end of our question and answer session. I will now turn the call back over to Strauss for closing remarks. Um, first, as always, I want to thank our teams for delivering such great work with such extraordinary commitment. Um, everything that goes on here is a team effort, and we are all aligned, all in this together, and all working to do our level best to, to create the best entertainment for our consumers and to do it within the four walls of a superb company with a great culture. I also want to thank our shareholders for their continued support. We're really excited about what is to come. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. That will conclude today's conference. You may disconnect your lines at this time, and thank you for your participation.